0: Hey there, my awesome listeners. I have an exciting announcement for you. The Mental Arts Podcast is now on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. If you're an Apple listener, please take the time to submit a question for future guests on our show by going to The Mental Arts on Apple Podcasts and submitting a review. We'll be sure to feature your question on a later episode. For more content about optimizing your mindset for better grappling performance, check out resources available on thementalarts.com. Once again, that's T-H-E-M-E-N-T-A-L-A-R-T-S dot com. Thanks for your support. snake lady
1: oh my god because i just got a snake
0: <laughs> oh yeah what's his name is his it name here
1: is cornelius himi horton Hemi because he reminds me of himalayan sea salt so his middle name is himi and then <coughs> sorry i'm also baking while i'm talking to you and then cornelius um cornelius the corn snake <laughs> i was like fuck it i'm just gonna buy a snake and it's gonna be my pet And it makes sense for me because I really wanted a dog, but they're too much to take care of. And you know, our jujitsu schedule takes up our whole entire life. Mm -hmm. So I think a snake snake allows me to have a pet and also have jujitsu.
0: Yes, and your snake technically knows jujitsu because it can presumably choke a mouse, if it's alive, I guess, and then eat it. Very
1: true. It's really good with its triangle chokes and its twisters.
0: I think I'm gonna to have to start calling you snake lady.
1: Thank you, I appreciate
0: that. Hi, I'm Tracy Huang, host of the Mental Arts Podcast. And yes, everything does relate back to jujitsu. I'm Tracy Huang, and I'm the host of The Mental Arts, a show dedicated to exploring how to bring the lessons from the academy to real life, so that we can become well-rounded warriors who can confront the daily challenges of modern life. Today's show features Kasha, my fellow Blue Belt buddy and assistant kids coach at Beta Academy in Northwest DC. It may also feature my cat, Meowie, in the background during voiceovers. That's life in a city apartment for you. Now, I've struggled to write a characterization of what Kasha is like and so this will be the last time that I try to record something, mistakes or not. I've struggled with writing a characterization because, well, sometimes in life, you meet someone truly special and phenomenal in all ways, and that person to me is Kasha. She is funny, smart, kind-hearted, assertive, compassionate, and strong. Everything that I admire in a person. We've had so many moments together, both happy and sad ones, and we lean on each other for advice and knowledge about how to navigate the world. This is one of the first interviews that I haven't felt the need to provide much commentary because as you'll be able to tell, we get along pretty well to the point that we give each other exactly the space we need in that moment. Or maybe it's because I spilled water on my laptop last week and I got behind on editing. The world will never know. And while I don't know about you, I do think that holding a space for somebody is really important, especially when they feel upset or misunderstood. Please enjoy this interview with Kasha. You'll learn and laugh a lot along the way. If you were to give yourself like a jujitsu nickname, would that be it or would it be something else?
1: No, I thought about my I thought about my jujitsu name being Bunny. Okay. Because I'm, I hop around a lot <laughs> and I can be fast. So I, I kind of like, it's cute, I'm cute.
0: <laughs> did you ever, was that always like a thing like, or did you have a feeling that you needed to be like more of the killer? type, so to speak, when you joined or were you always just like, nope, I'm just going to be...
1: No, my killer instincts definitely picked up recently when I started wanting to compete.
0: Okay. So tell me more about that.
1: So when I joined Jiu Jitsu, I just wanted to have fun and then and I didn't want to compete because I hate competition, can't stand it, it's the worst. And then, but recently I'm like, I got to compete. And since I made that decision, I've been turning up the aggression and just been training a lot harder and tougher. And yeah, I'm still giggling though when I, when
0: I train. Stop giggling. No, that's, so that's uh, interesting because so I had, I trained with somebody before, like she's now Bluebell and she always just was just like laughing no matter what. And she went to Unity and so like <laughs> Unity is known as being a like, really serious place. Yeah, it hurts. So I think everyone like kind of learns to put on this like poker face but I, like lately I've been trying to figure out, is it possible to have fun and to work hard at the same time?
1: Yes, but for me, I think it tapers. Like, even when I was just having fun, I was still working hard. I just picked it up a notch when I started thinking about competition. I will say it was still it's still fun, but it does suck a little bit of the fun out of it because you have to be so focused and like you're calculating things in your head and like when you mess up, you're like, dang. Or like you really like, you like mull over that mistake or whatever. But if you were having fun, you would, I, don't, I wouldn't mull over my my mistakes as much. I would more so focus on the wins and like all the cool stuff that I learned or did. But when it became competition, it was like I started focusing more on like, what do I need improvement on? I guess that kind of switch in mindset can kind of ticks suck the fun out of something.
0: Yeah, so I think we were talking because I wanted to make a roadmap and, and then I made one and then I showed it to you and I was like, Maybe you can make one too. <laughs> you adamantly said no.
1: <laughs> yeah, I don't want to make jujitsu feel like work ever.
0: And why is that?
1: It's like work I'm I'm done for. Because I go there for fun and meditation and for a hobby and to uh, for release. Once it becomes work, it's no longer that.
0: So what were you doing before jiu-jitsu?
1: I was a runner. So before jiu-jitsu, I did a marathon
0: and half marathon. Ooh! And how is that different from running? Like we've talked about, obviously, there's a very social aspect of it, but also like running works out different muscles, and it's just like a different pace.
1: Yeah, it's, well since quarantine, I've been running a lot more and getting back to it. Yeah, just two so very different sports. Crazy different. My, like my mentality, going into it, leaving it, during it, is all types of different. But I still appreciate the endurance that running builds and the meditation that running gives me.
0: So you said meditation for jujitsu as well. Like I would be curious to learn about that, mainly because I feel like when I talk to people, some people say they use it as therapy. Some people find it meditative. Some people find it just some a way they can sweat and, and feel like stress relief. Um, mm-hmm. Other people treat it like it's their life or their job. So like, how did you come about seeing as jujitsu as meditative and also like, what does it feel like for you? when you're having a good day?
1: When I'm having a good day, honestly the good days are the ones where I'm just like goofing around and having fun and still hitting like a, a couple good moves and submissions. Those are like the good days when I'm not like super focused on winning or do, or, or doing whatever I set out to do that week. Usually I'll have like something, like a goal in mind for the week, but. The good days are when I loosely follow that and just like have fun and roll or like have fun and drill and make jokes and just like hang out with my friends and do jujitsu. The meditation I think comes, it's a different form of meditation, I guess, because I guess the the um, the root of meditation is you're not thinking of anything. You're just being very cognizant of like the right now and here and um, like your breath and stuff like that. So like if you apply that kind of thought to jujitsu, I guess I am meditating because when I'm doing jujitsu, I'm just doing jujitsu. I'm not thinking about anything else. I'm not thinking about any issues that's going on in my life or things I'm waiting on or or what's to come. I'm just in jujitsu mode and just focusing on what is happening in that moment. So I guess you can say that is a form of meditation because I'm just focusing on my arms, my legs, and how they interact with someone else's body or how they interact with, like, how mind
0: transitions go and stuff like that. Okay, cool. What are you baking? <laughs> just so many cookies. <laughs> it was it chocolate chip?
1: Uh, so I made chocolate chip two days ago. Probably the best chocolate chip cookies I've made ever in my life and have ever even had in my life. These cookies were banging! So good! I'll have to bring you some. I have so many cookies to deliver to so many people. And yeah, now I'm awesome. chocolate cookies. So just chocolate, chocolate chip. Ooh. So good. And then I'm also gonna make these like Korean donuts. So I have to start that. The donuts are called, um, cool. I'm gonna butcher this, but Kwabegi, Kwabegi, I don't know. But they're twisted Korean donuts.
0: Oh, is it the kind that's like they're golden brown on the outside and you it's can really, like dip them totally in soy milk?
1: Inside.
0: Yeah. Oh my gosh. That's so good. Yeah. So I'm going to try to make
1: those.
0: <laughs> did you find it hard like when you decided you wanted to compete? Did you feel like you had to do all of these things or was it kind of just like? Because one thing that I do is I come when I compete, like when I think of competition season, I am. Just way like everything else kind of falls into the background, and it becomes an incredibly stressful experience. Mm-hmm. And I and it's interesting because we were all training so hard for the DC Open, and then things so kind of stopped. Yeah. And so I was like, I, I'd be curious to know like how you felt when you got the email or you heard that the DC Open was canceled.
1: Well, so I didn't sign up for DC Open. I signed oh, up. Oh
0: yeah, right. Or yep.
1: yes. um, yeah, grappling industries because I just, you know, more bang for my buck. But I was super bummed because we had put, like you know, we had put months and months and months of tireless, hardcore work. Like our bodies were shutting down, our fingers were bent backwards. And we, not only were our bodies under so much stress, but also we had put all our focus on competing, at least I had been. And so I wasn't going out and hanging with friends or drinking because I had to get up early and train or like I was training until the afternoon and I was too tired to go out so my social life took a huge dump and then I also like have other hobbies that I do and I had not been able to focus on them because I put all my focus and time into the jujitsu like if I wasn't Every day I was doing jujitsu and doing it for hours a day. And my world revolved around how can I get my body right for training when it comes to eating and rest and everything. So super bummed that everything got pushed back because that just means we have to, once things, you know, get up and running again, we have to go through that same grueling routine for another couple months to get competition ready again. And it was like, we were so close too. We were almost done. <laughs> and, yeah,
0: just <laughs> a little bit how I feel.
1: Right? I think that's like mostly how everyone feels. They're just like, gosh, and like people cut weight and stuff, and weight cutting is terrible. And you're just like, I have to do this all over again? No, kill me. But also I will do it, because <laughs> I love jujitsu.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think, I don't think people, like, kind of understand how difficult it is. And it's, I mean, technically, it's all by choice. But at the same time, I feel like there is a certain element of peer pressure involved. I don't really know how to describe it. It's like a pressure cooker in a way. Like, literally <laughs> and
1: figuratively. I
0: explain. For me, when I first joined, I wasn't really interested in the competition. But then once I saw how there was, like... There's a kind of like a difference, right? Like when I first joined, I think there was a group of people who competed and a group of people who didn't compete. And then as like the spirit of competition grew, like it seemed like everyone at the school was like focused on competing, whether it was an in-house, the DC Open or something like that. It just created this constant like pressure to be training hard and to be performing that I don't think, I don't know, either we were almost done or we were almost at our breaking point.
1: <laughs> Maybe a little bit of both. Okay. <laughs> Uh, But yeah, no, I agree with that. I feel like competing is almost like a mob mentality thing, like everyone's doing it. You feel like the odd one out or like you're doing something wrong if you're not doing it as well or like you're not pushing yourself to your highest potential. And some people can succumb to that mob mentality. Luckily, the reason I chose to compete was not from the mob mentality, but competing in itself, I mean, not competing in itself, and uh, training in itself and getting so um, laser focused. I would say, I was gonna do that anyways, but I would say the mob mentality helped me because there is days where I, I didn't wanna train or I didn't wanna train as hard, but people were training and people were training hard. So I was like, oh, I, I've gotta do the same. So that is how that mob mentality actually helped me and worked with me.
0: Yeah, so in terms of like where you fell on the attitude of training for competition did you feel like you were right with the group in terms of like how much you had to train did you feel like you fit in I guess what I'm saying is like how much how much like team building did you do and how much team (laughs) non-conformity did you do
1: (laughs) that's a hard question I don't really know other people's mindsets or their thoughts or what they were doing. Um, I'll tell you mine. Yeah, yeah, that would be helpful.
0: So I think for me, I don't know, I actually didn't want to compete in this DC Open. It kind of was a disaster <laughs> last time. Why and I was did like,
1: you sign up then? I know you had so much apprehension too beforehand. I didn't understand why you signed up.
0: So I signed up because. I saw that other people that I had been training with also signed up and I was like, okay, if they can take the step to do something that I don't know if it was scary for them or they just like whatever, then I felt like there was almost like an obligation for me to challenge myself as well. And mm-hmm. it's it's like this constant debate in my head about okay, if I don't compete, am I actually training hard in jujitsu? Am I like pushing myself in that way? Mm-hmm. And I think For some people, coming into class is very challenging. I like certainly appreciate those people who push themselves really hard and try to make it through the entire class. And when they do, it's like an amazing achievement for them. But then for me, like my challenge comes from constantly testing myself and pushing myself to the limit. At the mm-hmm. same time, is it really worth it to have my body broken? Like, is this, this entire like existential crisis mm-hmm. that that's brought about whenever I enter into a competition? I'm just questioning my life choices. <laughs>
1: Seriously, and when you think about it, doing jujitsu is like, and people call it therapeutic and all of this stuff for like mentality and like they say how good it is for your body, but it's also really terrible for your body. I have. Never been in so much pain and have had so many things broken, fractured, sprained in my life. Before jujitsu, I've never, I've only broken one thing in my entire life and have gotten one concussion in my entire life, and both were accidental and just happenstance. Doing jujitsu, I've had so many injuries. And the funny thing is always during drilling or training, <laughs> but yeah. it really puts so much pressure and stress on your body, and especially training for competition. you you get, your body gets crazy messed up. And I think that's why I'm, minus like how terrible the coronavirus is. I'm thankful for the quarantine because it allowed me to rest and it allowed my body to repair itself. But
0: yeah, there doesn't seem to be like a culture of resting. Like, I'm just not sure. I don't know where it came from. This no idea. one
1: rests and I don't get it. <laughs> when I ran my marathon or like runners, when we run, there we build in rest time, like rest days, rest weeks, rest months. After I ran my marathon, I rested for a smooth like month to build my body back up so it could get strong again In in jujitsu like that just doesn't happen I don't get why we don't take time for ourselves to rest and repair because that's also part of the sport is resting and I don't think anybody no one puts importance on it and I think it's kind of nuts it's kind of crazy
0: yeah I think I realized that like after my ring warm incident, I keep referring to it like that. But I, I mean, it's just like my body was just telling me, like, stop. you Yeah, your have body to will stop. let you know. Yeah. Okay, so you can hear in this clip that I have quite a bit of angst about competition. People often try to tell me that no one cares how I do in a competition. But this assumes really that the source of my stress is simply coming from those who are watching and judging me. And I've done a lot of thinking about this. And I feel like while that is part of the stress that comes with competing in the sense that you're put on display, one of the other things that I do very often is I put a lot of pressure on myself. And... Something I realized that Kasha does really well is she knows the reason why she's doing things with herself. Everything that she goes into, she does with intention. And you can tell by that because she's very thoughtful in what she says. Now, she can be playful. If you were hearing Bang at the start of the interview, it was because she was making chocolate chip cookies in her kitchen. And I don't know, there's just something fun about, okay, I'm being interviewed for a podcast, but I'm going to also treat this as a fun time to multitask and make cookies. And almost, it almost seemed like we were sitting together in her kitchen and just having a good time, being normal people, enjoying each other's company. And I think it takes a very special kind of person to make someone feel so welcome. I really love also how Kasha describes jujitsu as meditative. I've done a little bit of reading on the Buddhist teachings and I formed a definition of meditation that I think serves me. So instead of thinking about meditation as this formal practice of sitting, There can be things like walking meditation or gardening meditation, and even things like grappling meditation. I think that anything that allows me to focus on the present moment and forget about my worries and anxieties is a really special activity that I don't think a lot of people get to experience. There's this sort of stillness that you find in the chaos Because your brain and mind and body are so engaged in this vigorous activity. So I can totally relate when Kasha says that jujitsu is meditative. And I think if you're listening to this and you say to yourself, there is no way that is for me, I hear you. It's not the sport for everyone. And it took me a long time to figure out how to make it work for me and how it can bring joy to my life. I think even though we were training really hard for the upcoming competitions that were canceled, we still realized that we were doing it because we wanted to motivate ourselves in some way. We wanted to have that challenge to see if we could do it. And having Kasha as a teammate, really inspired me to work hard, not because I needed to be competitive, but because I was simply inspired by her energy and her drive. And I think that's the reason why, to me, she is a very, very good martial artist.
1: So I don't remember anything.
0: (laughs) It's all a blur.
1: It's literally all a blur. I just know, like when I first was an intro coach, can't even remember how that happened. Who knows how that happened? But it happened. And I was an intro coach. I think I did it for like a a year, I want to say, or a little less than a year. Can't really remember. Um, I remember not loving it. I don't like teaching adults. That's a fun fact about me. And then one day I was talking to Darnell, who at the time was head of the kids program. He was like, yeah, we're looking for a new kids instructor and we would like it to be a woman because we're all guys and the girls need a lady to look up to. I was like, yeah, count me in, you already know, girl power all day. So I shadowed for a little bit and then I finally started becoming a kids instructor. And I love the kids, I love instructing the kids. It's so much fun. I could be having the worst day and the minute I step on that mat to teach the kids, day immediately made a thousand times better. You can Their pure joy and innocence is so, Contagious I immediately have to be such a happy kid as well. It's just so fun. And you know, that being said, they, there are some hard days. Even the hard days are not that hard. They're still fun. And then becoming a woman's seminar coach with you, I actually, can you remember? I can't really remember how it happened. I did, did know we wanted to keep fostering the women's program there that Lori and Um, Nikki both did we wanted to continue that on I just can't remember how it snowballed and but I think it was I really appreciate our work ethic of being like okay and talking to Hyrule and being like okay we want it once a month this is what we kind of want to focus on how can we expand it and basically pushing for that and not giving up and luckily we have a very supportive gym so they were all for it as well. But um, I like that we had put our, we kind of took took control over it. It's really cool.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think for me, <laughs> I tend not to think about or realize the amount of work that goes into these kinds of things. So I was just like, me oh yeah, either. I want to teach. Yeah. There's a lot of work.
1: Yeah, I think the funny thing is, is, I think we put more work into it than others. <laughs> Because I feel like when I was like, when I was showing Hyro our game plan the first time, he was like, wow, you wrote all this out? Wow, timestamps and everything? And I was like, yeah, that's like how my brain uh, works. And he's like, oh. <laughs> so it crossed my mind that other people don't necessarily work that way, in that kind of, they can kind of just like go into class, and like, okay, this is what we're teaching. But they're also way more experienced instructors than we are. And we'll probably get there one day, but I appreciate how much work we put into it because we really want the class to be so great and when we hear that people love it it just shows like the work we're putting into it is counting for something.
0: Yeah I mean like not to like I was going to say like not to pat our own backs but maybe to like pat your back first (laughs) because so I used to teach a whole bunch of like karate classes and I got to a point where I Got really cavalier and like just didn't need to plan because I kind of knew the general pace of what was going on. So I think when we started working together, we actually didn't know each other very well. Can't remember if we did or not. I honestly didn't think I had really trained or rolled with you. Like, I don't think we drilled ever. Really? Yeah. Oh my
1: God, that's so, like, I can't even imagine that now.
0: Yeah. So I kind of came into that first planning session. Like, I hope, I hope Kasha knows what's going on. And also like, I don't think you knew this, but Hyro kept on being like, you know, you know, Kasha would be like a really big like help and support. And I kept on being like, okay, okay. But not really understanding what it meant. And then we were drilling this move and you said like, I want to get it perfect. And that's when I knew what Hyro meant. <laughs> she wants to get it perfect. For me, I was just like, oh, if I get like generally correct, it'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> Not that I like didn't care about like I
1: remember gym. that
0: Yeah, no, you. it was the, one of the throws too It was, oh, it was a single leg thing One of the things off of the gi And I think you did it And I remember being like, oh, that was pretty good And you are just like, no, like these two, three things weren't, weren't good So I'm gonna try it again And in my head I was like, oh my god Like <laughs> the way that she approaches jiu-jitsu is like so much more methodical Than me being like, this looks generally correct <laughs> Let me just try it.
1: <laughs> well, I'm a perfectionist. If that's like just generally me as a mm. person, and, and I love to overachieve, and like you can uh, psychoanalyze that um, any way you want, but I, for anything that I do, and specifically in Jiu-Jitsu, I love to. My whole goal in life is always to be the best at something whatever it is and in jiu-jitsu I know like to be the best at jiu-jitsu is just like such a ridiculous thought but at least I strive to be and by striving to be it makes me better. I know I'll never be but, <laughs> but at least I can strive to it and the way to strive to be the best is to get it to 100% and to make it as perfect as possible. If it's not perfect then that means I still need to work on it.
0: Yeah, I really appreciate that because I feel my jujitsu has improved. I'm not just saying this because of podcast, but like when I work with you, I'm focused on like, oh, does this generally feel right? And like, does the person tap? (laughs) And I think when I choose to be very focused, I can be like the same amount of like methodical. But I think when I work with you, I'm like, oh, okay, like. There are, there are these very specific things that have specific reasons behind it and it's less of like a gestalt approach and more of just like a methodical, systematic thing. But the, what I rep- appreciate is like, you're kind of like a perfectionist, but you're almost like a playful perfectionist, like I'm sure, yeah. I'm, like, like it goes on in your head, and but then it's like, I'm like the self-pitying perfectionist. <laughs> Where it's like, if I don't get something right, like my whole world just falls apart. Even though part of me is like, did I actually pay attention to what the instructor was saying? Or did I just look at it and say like, oh, I generally got it. Now I'm going to yeah. try this party.
1: Yeah. Well, I think you have to just like leave room for learning. there's a super cliche, but Rome wasn't built in a day. Same with jiu-jitsu, like you might not have it that day, but you can get it that way. And I don't know about you since like, but this like methodical is so right. Cause if you notice, like I do this in all my life. I ask, I always ask why. I like, I need a purpose for why I'm doing things. If we're doing, I don't know. Yeah, single leg takedown. If we're doing single leg takedown, I need to know where I'm putting my feet and hands and why I'm doing it. Cause then I can remember and that's why it makes sense to me. I don't like when I'm explained. it's like, oh, this is what you do. Why does it make sense for my foot to go here? What if I put it here? Can I put it here? But if I do put it there, what will happen? I need to know all of the options. I need to see the whole playing field, and then I'll get behind the the idea of whatever we're practicing. One thing that someone said to me that really stuck with me was think outside the box when it comes to jujitsu." In class, you're taught to do something one way, right? That's not ser- necessarily the only way to do it. And so play around with it. You don't have to do exactly what the person taught you. You can, there's many different options. And I like to play with all the options and also see what works best for me and why it works best for me. And why others don't work best for me.
0: Where do you think that playfulness comes from?
1: (laughs) My personality, I'm a goof. (laughs) I have to have fun. If I'm not having fun, I've gotta go. This is not for me if I'm not having fun.
0: Okay, (laughs) do you think there's sometimes like a misalignment with your drilling partners who might mistake your sense of like whimsical or like having fun as not being focused? I love being called whimsical, you just made my day. I don't know, I'm very
1: selective with my partners. So everybody that I work with now, like they know how I I work with and honestly they're pretty much goofy too. So it's like a nice give and take. Someone who is super serious, I'll roll with them, but I know to be more serious, I kind of like, I give what I get kind of situation. It's yeah, if someone's like super serious, I'll roll with them and i also be serious, but I probably won't, they probably won't be one of my favorite people to roll with. And I probably won't roll, choose to roll with them a lot. Even if it's like a competitive role, I'll still roll with them, but like they won't be my first pick because I also still want to have fun, but they will be my first pick during competition training. Cause that's okay. what happens
0: okay that makes sense the one thing i remember is one time we were working like this triangle so so the word that comes to mind is memorable because <laughs> mm-hmm. like i actually learned more because when we were working that triangle for mount you had to like put your head down to tighten it but it was mm-hmm. like it was already so tight on me <laughs> mm-hmm. that i would tap early and i just remember you like hearing you giggling on your way down <laughs> <laughs> So now I remember, like, oh, to tighten it up, like, just do what Kasha was doing, like, giggling on the way down. See, that's what
1: I mean. Gotta have fun.
0: (laughs) Yeah, no, I think it's, I always can pretty much guarantee, like, when I roll with you, I have to, when, when I drill with you. I don't know about rolling, but when I drill, I'm like, she's gonna make me laugh, and it's just a matter of time. Oh, I love that.
1: I love making people laugh. Yeah, it would, I hope we laugh more during our roles but I feel like we haven't been laughing a lot during our roles simply because we were both in competition mode but I hope once competition mode slows down we can start giggling and rolling
0: <laughs> yeah I mean I always I always wonder like because I watch the really good blue belts in my division and at least by their facial expressions like, they seem, um, no at competition and they oh, seem okay. like some of them are, when you're really good, you have time to look at the clock and also to just chill. And it just, it drives me crazy. Cause I'm like, I don't know if I'll get to that point if I'll forever be like a frantic little piggy, <laughs> bum You'll rush. get to that point. Yeah, so I don't know if you've ever felt if for competition mode, if it's like necessarily like calm and carefree or would it ever, would it ever be like that for you? I don't think competition mode
1: will ever get that way for me because it's competition mode. Like I'm out I'm trying to perform the best and try, my best. I'm trying to perform my best regardless of my competitor. Even if it's an easy comp- like say I'm going against a white belt and during competition class, I'm not giggling with them. Instead I'm 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 competing with them and It might be a different type of competing than I would with you or a purple or someone else. I'll focus on different things, but I'm still focused and not really making a joke out of it. And I know they want to learn too, and they're focused too. So I don't want to like play down their focus by like giggling while I knee cut them. Instead, I'll like make a really great knee cut into a really great transition into a really great submission. And, um, yeah I'll just like really focus on the perfection of that
0: yeah I appreciate that because I think that's a good response to people who say like I don't want to be mean during competition it's like at least this is what I say to myself is like am I focus? if I'm focused on being mean I'm not focused on the technique like I'm just worried about like a perception thing
1: and did you like you're literally choking someone like what is mean you know (laughs) yeah that's true what is mean during, I think the only thing really mean in jujitsu is obviously if you like punch someone on purpose, like that's mean and uncalled for and you should be disqualified. And then neck cranks, like if you're, I don't, I think neck cranks are kind of mean. Hmm. Minus a twister. I don't think the twister is mean. That's not the back crank, but like a neck situation, I think that's kind of mean.
0: I think also just general like sportsman like behavior and conduct. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it doesn't occur as often, at least, I mean, like I mostly keep to myself, but I'm sure there can be like a certain amount of stuff that goes on when emotions are so high, when adrenaline is so high.
1: I hope hope people are kind when competing. I know when I like compete, I know like for this upcoming competition that I'll have maybe in June, (laughs) if things go well, I want to meet my competitors first and like talk to them and joke with them and say hi. They probably don't want that. I don't know, maybe they will, maybe they won't, but like I know that will at least take the pressure off of me, but it's something about rolling with a stranger that like really makes me anxious, but if I kind of get to like know them or or I don't know, just even introduce myself, that kind of angst quiets down because it's like, oh, it's just this person. It's just a person you know they're no longer just this question mark it's just a person
0: yeah also like the element of trust like when somebody visits from another gym hmm i I've like i learned the hard way like oh don't automatically think they're gonna be as nice as you are when you visit another gym <laughs> yeah
1: i i've been learn. i still haven't learned my lesson with that one <laughs> i'll still be like sure let's <laughs>
0: roll yeah no I was when I visited unity like everyone's really nice and like the people who knew me knew me but I had like several white belts just turn me down and I was like okay <laughs> and then one of them was like are you just gonna play around with me and I was like no <laughs> like Aww. I was like you're my size and I Pretty sure you're confident because you train at unity. Yeah. (laughs) But I mean, I really, I respected that they said no, which is like part of it too. Like I obviously didn't say out loud, like, okay. But yeah. So kids class is really chaotic to me. I'm sure there's a rhyme and reason to it, and I'm sure they're learning jujitsu. I personally feel like it takes a very patient yet firm personality to make sure that the kids don't completely take over the entire class. And so when I walk in and I'm hit with this wall of noise and screaming And kids having fun and kids crying. I always see Kasha just standing there in a sea of children. And she's just so calm. And it always makes me smile because I cannot be that person. I think Kasha has a really good sense of who she is as a person. And when she's unsure of something, she tries really hard to understand. She doesn't just push things under the rug and pretend that everything is okay. She's good with engaging with things that are confusing or uncomfortable. And I'm just so glad that I get to run the program with her for the WomenX workshops. They are very special to me. That is how I initially was introduced to the beta community. I had taken about a year off to work and get my finances in order and coming back to jiu-jitsu was very intimidating for me and that workshop really was the bridge towards healing and recovery for myself from my past traumas and also just reacquainting myself with the sport again so it's a great privilege and honor To be able to have such a great co-instructor with me and we are able to bring people in who've never done martial arts before and teach them for example how to do an arm bar or how to escape from mount or even how to do a rudimentary takedown i think everyone leaves those classes feeling quite empowered at least i would hope so that's what they tell me and also I've really seen how not only has our friendship blossomed, but how we've matured as instructors. It's quite one thing for me to go to class, absorb the information, and then say, okay, you know, this is what I want to work on. But it's quite another to flip flip the switch, so you speak, and become an instructor and a coach. And we do put in a lot of effort into making sure that the classes are as high caliber as possible. And I feel like Kasha's high standard of both herself and of other people is really what makes those classes so great. I also think this clip is a really good demonstration of how she defies characterization. So she's competitive, but she's also very kind. She is a perfectionist, but she's playful, and she does things with intention and purpose, and yet doesn't have that sort of rigidity and can think outside the box. I really love the quote where she says, you want to leave room for learning. Like To me, that is the definition of learning, of being expansive, so you can continually bring in new knowledge and inform your experiences in a rich and diverse way. A lot of people might feel like learning has a start and a stop, but in fact, learning is a lifetime endeavor. And I've learned so much from coaching, from working with Kasha, just from listening to her. There's this playfulness that I keep coming back to, that I keep feeling so happy to be bathed in that kind of wonderful energy. Um, I guess I've rambled on long enough, but um, the short version is enjoy life because it will give you many great things. How many cookies is it good to eat in a day (laughs) the limit does not exist (laughs) yeah no that sounds very mathematical I had like about six cookies today no so I also made chocolate chip cookies and they are good like I just will inhale them I mean it's too okay so we can go two directions maybe we'll do both
1: wait can I ask you a question yeah have you lost weight since not training and having to do other exercises during quarantine? It's hard to
0: say. I would say that... Or have gained weight or stayed steady, sorry. I would say I'm probably staying the same about oh that was the other okay now I'm remembering my inks over the DC open it was like should I cut weight or should I move up a division and be like at the bottom of a weight bracket and it was this whole thing and then finally I was like fuck it I do not want to subscribe to the artificial boundaries brought upon me by a private corporation there's <laughs> this Stop whole like God. anarchist rant <laughs> that I had and and then then I was like okay I'll what I'll do is I'll enter into the weight that I think I should be at. And then just try to see, like, if I can eat within healthy limits of both mental and physical and to see if, like, the weight will go down. And it just didn't. And I was like, okay, like, might as well just bulk up and eat whatever I want within reason. And I just felt so much better and happier and actually started eating healthier because, like, I didn't feel so restricted. Because you were
1: happy. Yeah, (laughs) because I was happy.
0: (laughs) So I think, like, it hasn't changed because I already was on that, like, track of, oh, I'm just going to. Eat like what makes sense for me at that moment. I'm okay. curious to hear like why why you asked though.
1: Because I realized uh, when I do jiu-jitsu, I put on weight and the funny thing is I work the hardest I ever work doing jiu-jitsu, but yet I'm the heaviest I am during jiu-jitsu. Since this quarantine, I've definitely lost weight and I've slimmed down and I still exercise every day. I've been running, I've been biking. And doing yoga so it's like I guess like a lot of cardio but yeah I've been slimming down and my eating hasn't really changed if anything I'm eating a lot worse (laughs) (laughs) but so I'm just like I'm trying to figure out what's going on with my bod like it's interesting and like jiu-jitsu also is the heaviest I've ever been ever before jiu-jitsu I would always hovered around like 114, 117, and then now during Jiu Jitsu, I hover around like anywhere between 125 and 130, which is so much more. And I think now that in, in quarantine, I've been going back down. I'm like, I wonder why that is.
0: So how cosmic do you want me to get? As cosmic as you want. Shoot the moon, baby. Because <laughs> my theory is always like the body keeps the score. Even though I've never read that book, I really like the expression. And so it's like, how much less stress have you been? Because for feel me- stress. I feel yeah, well. Exactly. <laughs> if I'm, when I'm doing jujitsu, for the most part, I feel like the stage I, I am right now, I'm like really closed off in terms of like, okay, I have to be at the defensive. And if I reach out and I do something, like it still has to be careful and calculated. And like that, kind of openness that I experience when I'm not on the mats and I don't have to like shell up all the time. Like I think that's what's allowing me to like release stress and probably for some people like the weight that they're holding on to. I think like you've seen it with other people who've left stressful jobs. They just Mm -hmm. look healthier. And there's probably like a difference in lifestyle. But I feel like there is some sort of extra bump going in both directions with regards to stress.
1: Can I ask you a question? Yeah. Another one. Whenever I hear you talk about jiu-jitsu and what you just said right now, it sounds like jiu-jitsu gives you stress. And I want to know why it stresses you out so much, and then also why you love jiu-jitsu and what makes you happy about it.
0: Okay, I'll answer and then you can answer assuming that jiu-jitsu also stresses you out, which I don't know it does. I think the way I've been taught how to grow is always through stress and discomfort. And those are two different things. So mostly, like, I've learned that if something is hard, then there creates this sort of anxiety within me that pushes me to be better. And that kind of narrative has served me really well in high school and college and I think grad school because it did spur me to action in a way that if I felt really comfortable I believe that like I wouldn't do as much or accomplish as much or try as hard and something that I realized in jujitsu is like there comes a certain point that no matter how hard I push that thing might not work going as hard as I can trying to resist things or like pulling on something like if it's not the right intentional action at that time and place, it doesn't matter and it's just, it won't yield. I've had to rethink a lot of how I approach not only my life, but also like how I fight and like do stuff in jujitsu. It's not always about immediately like pushing the person exactly into the position that you want. Maybe people will disagree, but like the stage I'm at, I'm kind of realizing like, it's okay if I make a mistake and it's okay like if I end up in a bad position, but I shouldn't use that as a reason to like panic or punish myself. And like mm-hmm. the flip side being the more relaxed I am, the better I'm gonna do. Like the best I've ever done in a competition was when I got choked out in the first round, like the next division that I did. I couldn't. I literally could not care about what was going on around me because I was a <laughs> dazed. I was so dazed, like I didn't even know what was happening. Like I didn't even realize the division has started. I vaguely like realized that the oh next goodness. division had come up. I just didn't care, and I remember at one point because it was round robin, like I looked at the score and I had lost by a little bit, and I just remember thinking like, great, two points. Next time I face this person, I'll probably beat him, and I did. And it was oh just like. Goodness. The weirdest thing ever. So I always like go back to that moment and think like, okay, it's true. On one hand, like I probably joined jujitsu because it is stressful and it it's like what I've known. But at the same time, it's taught me that like stress and like destroying myself is not necessarily the best way to approach life. Like it's not really worth it after a certain point and that I can be like all these different kinds of modes like I don't have to be like crazy insane hardcore all the time so that's why I like keep coming back to is like it teaches me like after I exhausted myself like okay now I have to relax (laughs) and actually solve the problem in front of me
1: that's beautiful so it's almost like you're driven by stress but then you prevail when you're not stressed (laughs)
0: yeah i mean i don't know how's it for you like i just i really admire like the playfulness like i'm just like god how do i do that like how do i study to be more playful (laughs) just have fun
1: you're literally wrestling your friends how much more fun could you get
0: yeah no i appreciate it because it does i think when i take it really seriously i tend to forget that i'm having fun with people like these are really great people to be Mm -hmm. around we're kind of at the hour Although we started out with like the cookie stuff, which I think I'll put in outtakes. (laughs) So you're one of the few people, like usually when I ask people to check off what they're interested in talking about, it actually falls into two camps. One is they'll either do like only one or two things or they'll literally check all the boxes. So I was just wondering like, what were you thinking of when you just like, were like, yes, I want to talk about all of these things.
1: Cause I just felt like I, I think I only, I didn't check one box. I can't remember which one I did not check. Cause I'm just like, I don't know. I just like talking to my friends. <laughs> I feel like I can talk about anything really. I can't remember what I didn't check off, but I felt like I couldn't talk about that one.
0: I'm going to look it up cause I'm really curious. Um, I, th- I don't think you checked off martial Philosophy.
1: Oh yes, yes. I didn't check that one off because I have literally nothing to say about that. <laughs> but I have many things to say about other
0: things what have we not talked about that you want to talk about I think we covered most of it cool the one thing I really wanted to talk about was the um
1: woman in a a male dominated sport and we covered that and it made me happy sometimes I do feel like I'm a little bit uh, left out on the I feel like I really try to drive home the point of inclusivity in um, martial arts and that goes from gender, race, and sex. And um, I I feel like sometimes people just like, eh, it's jujitsu. They want to do it, they want to do it. We're not saying no one can do it so everyone can come. But I'm like, yeah, I know that's true. I know it's open to everyone, but I want to make it comfortable for everybody. I think that's where the difference is and so i'm like okay i just need to talk about it as much as possible so people understand Mm -hmm. that like yeah i know you're accepting of everyone but you need to make a point too you need to provide i don't know a vehicle for them to get involved or want to get involved or feel comfortable because you have to look at it what it is it's a male dominated what it's a cis gendered male sport and I just want people to feel comfortable coming if they don't fall into that category. Because I feel like jujitsu is one of those things like most people will benefit from. And I think even just foundationally, they could benefit. Self-defense is so important for so many um, minority groups too. So I, I just want just to drive that point home that if you can make it more comfortable for someone to train or try it out. Please do and like put in a little extra effort and help them because sometimes they just sometimes they just need to need a push or just need to know that like it is a safe space cuz it's not inherently known to be a safe space.
0: Yeah, and and I want to ask you for someone who has the reaction like I don't want to be weird about it to them, like what would you say? What do you mean? So somebody be like, I don't want to be like assuming that they're uncomfortable.
1: Oh, so I'm a big fan of doing the most. <laughs> what that means is ask questions, obviously be kind and in your, in your attention and in your words, be careful and kind, but ask questions, don't be afraid to talk to people and ask questions and just talk to people just generally and check in with them. I think that's just like a model for life too. Like. I always want to do too much, I never want to do too little, because I always want to be that person that someone's like, oh yeah, she, she cares, she did that. I don't want to be the person like, oh yeah, I never heard from you, or yeah, I never saw your effort. Like, to me, that sucks. Someone who doesn't put effort in things, all kill me. Um, I want to be the person who, someone that people know that they can rely on, and that if anything that I was th- that they can say that I was there for them I provided what I needed to ask the questions I needed to and I'm willing to learn and I'm open-minded and That's just about just generally everything always do too much not too little
0: Yeah, I like that and I think For people out there who might not know like how to even Start what advice do you have for them about just people starting to jiu-jitsu? I think, yeah, both the people who want to promote jujitsu and the people who want to start jujitsu.
1: People who want to start jujitsu, start it. Today is the effing day, and I'm sure you'll find your group of people. It took me a little bit um, to find my peeps, but I have found it and I wouldn't trade them for anything, love them, they're the reason I show up every day. So don't get discouraged and just do it and be fearless and brave. And you can't be brave without being afraid. So it's okay to be afraid and scared a little bit, but I, but be brave as well and actually do it. As for people who want to bring in those in those groups and make it more inclusive, but they don't know necessarily how, ask the questions, ask how you can help. Just simply that, how can I help? And I feel like that already opens up the door and conversation. And maybe there is no way you can help, but at least you ask, that's, uh, you just have to ask. You have to be aware of other people other than yourself and how things can affect them or not affect them. But yeah, and just, you know, be an ally to people who don't look or think like you.
0: In case you can't tell, I don't have a script for these things. I do have notes, though. And on this particular post-it, I wrote, Surround yourself only with people who are going to take you higher. And I believe that Kasha is one of those people. You'll notice that she asked me a great question that opened me right up. Again, I was expecting to interview her but I guess we were just having a conversation, which is even better. I think this idea of being welcoming is connected to the idea of being open. The more closed off that I am, the harder it is for people to see an invitation for them to come in. They, for the most part, people who eventually end up caring about me, they need that kind of, Encouragement and signal to say, hey, it's okay if I also make myself vulnerable as well. As an intro instructor, I see a lot of people who walk in through our doors and really no matter the size, build, how they appear on the outside, internally, they all feel pretty nervous. And so it's been my job to make them feel like they can stay and they can see themselves growing and prospering in this new community that they have never seen before. And it's a really big responsibility. And I believe that even if you are not a coach, you have that responsibility, at least within the four walls of your academy, to be a welcoming presence. Regardless of whom I walk in, I've been learning lately to never assume and to always ask for clarification and to allow myself to learn as much as that person is comfortable telling me. So that's a role that anyone can do in any interaction. If you see somebody come in and they look a little lost, ask them, hey, Are you looking for something? Do you need help with something? If you see somebody sitting by themselves and they're not really in with the crowd, you know, ask if they want some company. Maybe they don't. Maybe they prefer not to talk. But maybe they'll be relieved that somebody reached out to them and gave them that little bit of kindness. Um, Coming to the women's workshops one of the things that I remember most is laughter and just people being so happy and learning and having that sort of lightness that we don't get very often in this world that has a lot of heaviness to it. I think having somebody to bring in that bit of levity while also understanding that things are sometimes way, way serious than they need to be is a good balance to have and effort is okay needing to try hard is okay i've learned that from kasha most of all If you looked at the cover art for the mental arts podcast you'll notice that it's a picture of me and kasha we are leading one of the seminars at beta academy for the women x workshops and i recently drew a picture of this for kasha it was a pencil sketch of her um we were working together showing people single leg x And um, the poem I'm going to read is the poem that I wrote on the top of that painting or drawing. It's called Go to the Limits of Your Longing by Rainer Maria Rilke. God speaks to each of us as He makes us, then walks with us silently out of the night. These are the words we dimly hear. You sent out beyond your recall. Go to the limits of your longing. Embody me. Flare up like a flame and make big shadows I can move in. Let everything happen to you. Beauty and terror. Just keep going. No feeling is final. Don't let yourself lose me. Nearby is the country they call life. You will know it by its seriousness. Give me your hand.